Hey everybody, this is Jory Butler with Live Your Story and I am so excited today uh, because I get to hang out with a special guy uh, out there in Tennessee and many of you probably already know him. Uh, I just was able to meet him and just a wonderful human being, number one. Uh, his name is Ken Coleman and he's host of the Ken Coleman Show. Uh, he's with Ramsey Solutions and he's a number one best-selling author of The Proximity Principle, which I think is an amazing book in what you teach. Uh, so if you guys don't know him, you need to get to know him. We're going to have him for a little bit today, and uh, he's going to give some hope, some encouragement, some tools to be able to help people that are out there. And the whole reason why we're talking to him today is just to give people hope more than anything and some good information. So Ken, hey, thank you for, for hanging out with us today. Excited to be with you, Jory. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, Ken, for, for a lot of people that are out there, I know that there are some people out there that, that know who you are and what you do, uh, but some people don't. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself for those people? Well, I'm part of Ramsey Solutions. So I work closely with Dave Ramsey, and I have my own radio show titled The Ken Coleman Show. And much like Dave Ramsey's show, it is a caller-driven show. We are uh, on radio stations around the country and national syndication. We're on Sirius XM. We also uh, broadcast the show on YouTube, live stream, and uh, of course we podcast the show. And the show's focus is basically this. We believe that every man and woman on the planet was created to fill a unique role in their work, to contribute through their work. So that means that they and you are needed, and it means that you must do it. There's a duty for you to be you. And so because we believe that, we believe in the methodology of how do you discover what that unique role is? And you do it by getting clear on three major indicators. Number one, what you do best. Hmm. This is soft skills, hard skills. So abilities and qualities. Then you uh, get clear on what you love to do most. This is the task, the function, the work that when you think about this work, you get excited about it. When you're in the middle of the work, you're excited and time seems to disappear. So it's measured by high emotion and high devotion. Mm. And then the third indicator is what you, uh, what results matter most. And so this is uh, usually around people, a problem and a solution. So who are the people you most want to help? What's the problem they have that you want to solve? And what's the solution that will lead to solving their problem? So when you get clear on those three major areas, talent, passion, and mission is what I just defined, mm -hmm. then you can figure out what your sweet spot is. And, and that's how you use what you do best to do what you love to do most in the marketplace to create a result that matters deeply to you. So that's what we do with men and women. And, and we, we give them a clear path. There's seven stages to that meaningful work. You got to get clear. You just describe that. You got to get qualified, get connected, get started get promoted, get the dream job. And then that final stage is give yourself away and work with true meaning, work like no one else. So mm -hmm. that is the methodology and the construct of what we are doing on the air and how we engage with men and women. And mm -hmm. uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's uh, live and it is unfiltered and, and I am equal parts coach, counselor and cheerleader. Wow. Yeah. I'm sure you get, I'm sure you get a lot of questions um, on the show from all over the country and so I just, I want to circle back around before I ask, ask my next question for you, Ken, is, you know, the book, The Proximity Principle. Could you just tell us why, why did you write that book? 
And just just give us a little bit of that. Why did you write that book? Uh, because, you know, it was a thought that I had one day on the way into work. I was getting ready for a podcast interview like this. And and uh, the last question they, that the guy had pre-submitted, he was a younger guy, and I was kind of doing him a favor by coming on his program. And his question was, if there was just one thing that you could identify as the key to your success starting late in life, 31 years of age, into broadcasting and, and then getting where you are today, what would it be? It's impossible to just say one thing. But as I attempted to try to answer the question and give some value to the audience, uh, the thought hit me that if I could just say one thing, I would say that I was good about getting around the right people and getting in the right places. Mm. And I went, oh, that's not bad. That's, it was based on my journey. Then, then the thought hit my mind. Well, it was all about proximity. And then I started playing with it in my mind. And uh, I think working for John Maxwell for years, I think being a preacher's kid, uh, you know, I just start playing with an idea and a concept. By the time I got to the office, I had come up with the proximity principle, which says in order to do what I want to do, I've got to be around people that are doing it and in places where it is happening. I bounced it off of a couple of people at the office that I trust. They were like, that's pretty good. So I started sharing it on my radio show and people started picking up on it. So then we got to the point where it was like this, there's something here. And, and the answer to your question is I wanted to demystify, just take all of the mystical, mythical, well, the people that, that do what they love are these fortunate souls who fall into it. I wanted to destroy that myth and show people that there is, there is an, actually a really simple process mm. by which opportunity will show up on your doorstep but you've got to be intentional to get around the right people and get in the right places and that's where opportunity meets us so in other words jory you can't you can't ever experience the right time you'll never experience the right time if you're not in the right place mm. it doesn't work it doesn't work that way and so i just really wanted to simplify the journey and, uh, and, and it's just, I think God gave me the words on it. The whole thing just works, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's why I wrote the book and to really help people go, wait a second. Okay. This is not, this is not this impossible climb. It's doable. Mm -hmm. I love that, Ken. I know there's a lot of people out there that when they start thinking about their calling or they start thinking about work that matters, or they start thinking about like, what can I really do? What could I sink? my teeth in, it really becomes this question of what am I to be? And it becomes this deeper level questioning. And what I love about what you do and what you lay out in the book and what you lay out in the show and then what you talk about all the time is that there is a process and it doesn't have to be overwhelming. It doesn't have to be so complicated, but I think that there's times in our life, I think you would agree with this, is that when, when we personally don't have that dream job and we're we're in this job that we we can do we can do well but man there's just something missing um and you just start there's these obstacles in your brain that start to happen of i could never live that ken would you mind like with everything that's going on in the world <laughs> right now with the covid 19 situation there are people that are being furloughed um, and I know you have looked at statistics and you've done a lot of research with what you do every day. Um, what, what can you tell somebody that's they really want to do what they're called to do? They're wanting to find that dream job, but they're having a hard time believing that they can actually do it. 
what kind of words would you give that person today, especially with this environment that's happening? Well, you know, I mean, I laid out really the path uh, at the first part of the conversation, you know, that, that you can get there. And so again, first step is get clear and you look at those three indicators. And so once you're clear, stage one, you're ready to, to get qualified. So let's talk about the qualification, stage two. What needs to happen there? Well, number one, we have to learn what it's gonna take, what I need to learn and do. So we're talking about education and experience and education doesn't always mean a college degree. It just may mean a certification or something like that or some type of you know, online webinar class or something. So what do I need to learn or what experience do I need to get? And then we ask ourselves, okay, then how much is that gonna cost me? Mm. And then based on your financial realities, how long is that going to take? Those three questions in the qualifying stage, it's a game changer when you get the answers because now all of a sudden it's not this unknown. See, the, the greatest fear that we as humans have, Jory, is the unknown. Mm. So once we know what I have to learn and do, how much that's going to cost and how long that's going to take, I go, okay, it's going to take me five years. I'm making this up arbitrarily, but it's going to take me five years and it's going to cost me $10,000. Mm. Now you've got answers. Now it's about, okay, how do I come up with the $10,000? How do I cash flow my way through there? What sacrifices do I need to make uh, in order to cut expenses or make more money? See, see, once we do that, we go, oh, okay, this is actually possible, right? And so while we're getting qualified, we can be in stage three. Stage two or three could be in both stages at the same time. Stage three is get connected. So you're using the proximity principle and you're making connections and you're learning and doing and connecting and getting up again and learning and doing and connecting. And all of a sudden, um, opportunities start to present themselves and they get closer and closer and closer. And the first couple of times that you land an opportunity and then that leads to another opportunity, now you got beautiful momentum. Mm -hmm. And so the answer to your question is, 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 is in these uncertain times, you may have had to press pause or pause got pressed for you. But even in uncertainty, here's what you can be certain of. Your dream is not gone. May have gotten delayed. Um, the path that you were on might be a detour. The path may have gotten destroyed, but there's another way around that mountain. Um, and so, you know, you have to focus on the now when you're in a time of crisis, you know. And so if you're in a time of crisis and all of your circumstances have been changed and that pause button or that detour has been thrown in your path, you can't be focusing on the future going, oh, it's, it's awful. Everything's gone. And ah, you know, that'll just right. crush, you, crush your spirit. What you do is you go, okay, here's what's going on right now. And so everything has changed and I've got to survive today. I got to win today. Tomorrow will take care of itself. You know, Jesus said in the Bible, he said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough worries of its own. You know, I didn't say that. Jesus did. I'm going to go with that one. And so I'm going to focus on today and I'm going to rally. And I'm going to win the next 10 minutes. I'm going to win the next 10 hours. And I'm going to get up and I'm going to do that again. So, you know, there, it's okay for you to say, oh, I can't think about the long term right now. I've got to think and I've got to, to, to do what I can do to control the controllables. And that's all I can do right now. You know, mm -hmm. I talked to, to the radio audience today and the YouTube audience as well. I'm a big history nut. I just love history. And uh, I love the uh, American history in, in, in particular, 
and the period that I enjoy the most is the period from uh, pre-revolutionary war. So let's just call it 1770 to uh, civil war. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the period I love. And uh, so one of my favorite movies is the movie Gettysburg and happens to be one of the most famous battles in American history. And if you watch the movie, it's, it actually is pretty historically correct as movies go as it focuses on the hero of the movie and the hero of the battle, which is really true, is a guy by the name of Joshua Chamberlain, who mm. was a school teacher out of Maine. And, and uh, he, he's leading this, this, this group of men from Maine, and he's a lieutenant colonel. And the, uh, the Confederates had the advantage in two ways. They had the tactical advantage of the positioning of the battlefield, and they also had more troops. And Joshua Chamberlain finds himself in a situation where the ground that they're holding, the high ground that they're holding is the strategic ground and they're going to face uh, an onslaught and they're disadvantaged by a long shot. They, they're just, they're just, it's, it, it, all the odds are against them. And his commanding officers say, you've got to hold the line. If you don't hold this line, disaster will ensue. You know, that's the analogy for a lot of people right now. Mm-hmm. Financially, and, and then because of the financial stress, the emotional stress, and you're trying to lead a team or you're trying to lead your family and you don't know how you're going to be able to pay the rent, pay your mortgage. And you don't know where you can even get hired right now. And everything is just literally come crashing down around you. You are facing insurmountable odds. And yet you got to stand and fight just like Joshua Chamberlain and his unit had to fight. They had to hold that position, hold the line. They had to defend that hill. Now, let me tell you something. He wasn't thinking about what he was going to eat around the campfire that night. He wasn't thinking about getting promoted after this battle. He wasn't thinking about even his friends and family in that moment. His focus was completely in that moment, in that situation. He was in a battle, a battle for his life, a battle for the lives of men, the battle to, for, for, for the army. I mean, this was serious, serious stuff. And all he has the opportunity to do is focus on winning that battle. There is nothing else going on in his life. Now, I tell that story and everybody's, you know, kind of going, oh, yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. But, but that's where we all are. Mm-hmm. On some level, we're all fighting this coronavirus, some more so than others. But let's get outside of this coronavirus crisis. As leaders, as men and women who are on purpose, you will always be in a battle. Mm-hmm. And you cannot win the battle if your mind is distracted by fear by doubt, by pride. You have to be focused on the objective. And that's all Joshua Chamberlain was focused on. Mm. Not his fear, not his doubt, nothing else. He's focused on what can he do to lead those troops, to hold that line. And so uh, uh, I'm going to leave it right there because I think that speaks for itself. Yeah, I think it does. Uh, Just listening to someone else's situation like that, I see why you love history. It, it actually kind of gets you ready for battle. It kind of encourages you there because what I'm, Ken, what I'm seeing a lot of, uh, because I'm, I'm in the community quite a bit and I talk to a lot of individuals, and here's, here's kind of what I'm seeing and hearing from people, is that they're, they're trying, they're hustling, they're doing all these things and they're just getting tired. But I think like what you were saying, is we got to get clear. So I look at vision, right? If we don't know our vision, then we're probably going to operate in chaos, trying to make everything work and hustle, but we don't know where we're going. 
And so I love the fact that you got to get clear about what season you're in. And the story you just told, they were very clear of the season they were in. They were in for battle, just like a lot of people today. And so, man, that that was really encouraging to hear. And I hope it helps somebody out there uh, today. And so I keep hearing, Ken, I keep hearing you say, whether it's a crisis or not, right? Whether we're in good or bad times, you're still kind of giving the same type of wisdom to people. Is that right? Yeah, because I mean, I don't, I don't know that uh, I don't know that what I'm teaching and and that my methodology and philosophy are are suited for one time of of of, of history or another. You know, the, the reality mm-hmm. is is that whether you're in a crisis or not, your purpose doesn't change. Uh, your tactics may change, but you were created to fill a unique role. You were needed. You must do it. Mm-hmm. End That's of story. Good. So yeah, I mean, there's, you know, I, I think you have to be a little bit more focused. That's why I shared that story. Mm-hmm. You have to shift, you know, when you come out of this coronavirus crisis, you, you, you may not have to have that um, maniacal focus on the, on that one mission, right? You've got multiple missions, um, you know, using the battlefield analogy or using the, 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 the war analogy. I mean, you know, when you're not in battle, what is the general focus on? The general's focus on supply lines. The general's focused on, you know, moving the troops and what's our strategic position. You know, so, so that's it. But, but when we're in crisis, when we're in battle, we're focused on the battle. Yeah. So I think that's the shift. Well, Ken, let me ask you, it's a little bit more of a detail type of, of question. What, when people have lost their job, we understand we, they need to get clear. They need to, they need to know what skill set that they need to acquire or, or whatnot. They're going through these steps. What are you seeing just from your vantage point? What are you seeing out there right now? What kind of things are changing? Like, are there new kinds of jobs popping up? That kind of a thing. What, what are you seeing out there? Um, you know, we've not been able to, to see a lot of data right now on new types of jobs, but we are seeing industries that are spiking. And, and that's usually the case when you've got a very diverse economy. You know, when you've got a, a crisis in one area, it creates a, a demand in another area, a great need. So anytime there's a crisis, there's a need, right? So mm-hmm. let's just take a few industries, for example. Uh, obviously, you're seeing pharmacies and grocery stores are spiking. They're hiring people like crazy. My wife's friend got hired the other night just for a customer service job at a very large national grocer. Um, you're seeing pizza delivery. They're hiring like crazy. You know why? Because everybody's at home, you know. Uh, any type of food delivery services, um, you're seeing warehousing, you know, those type of jobs where there's still, again, supply chain is still moving, even though people are at home. So you're seeing those jobs spike. You're seeing, um, you're seeing uh, healthcare jobs, of course, you know, I mean, there's so many nurses and and, and doctors, you know, that are being called back in, maybe some that are retired or some that had gone home for a while, whatever. Um, you're seeing uh, Amazon, you know, Walmart, you know, your large retailers that are still, again, supplying a lot of online orders. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, in this season, you, some of you out there are gonna have to swallow your pride because this is affecting everybody. There's nothing to be ashamed of. And if you gotta go deliver pizza, go deliver pizza. Because I'm telling you right now, if you want to make 1500 bucks, you know, uh, <clears throat> 1500 to 2000 bucks a month, you can do that delivering pizzas. You really can. Um, and, and so right now it's all about taking care of 
uh, as you know, you've been around Ramsey, the four walls, right? So we're talking about shelter, talking about food, utilities, transportation, and even right now, transportation is not that big a deal for some of you. So, you know, right now, that's the focus. That's that battle we're talking about. So if you've got to go work two jobs, um, if you've got to call some people and say, hey, this is where we stand. We can't pay you right now, but we're going to pay you. Here's our plan and have a conversation. Uh, you know, I just think there's a lot you can do right now because this is not a, this isn't a uh, Tennessee problem. This isn't a Southeast problem. This isn't a United States problem. This is a global problem. And so um, right now there are a lot of places that are higher. And uh, um, I'm hoping that you're gonna see um, these healthcare professionals and the governors and the president and Congress, I hope we, we pivot as quickly as we did in shutting the economy down, that we pivot to what's the way to get it back going. And it's not more dollars from the Fed. You know, we've got to get people out of their house. We have a consumer-driven economy. And so when everybody started freaking out and getting scared, because that's all we were hearing was panic-inducing information. So everybody went home and everybody stopped spending money except for on toilet paper. And so as a result, hotel industry, airline industry, uh, tourism industry, the gaming industry, you start thinking about Las Vegas alone. You start thinking about... Uh, hotel employees and restaurant employees alone. I'm not surprised that the unemployment's 16.7 million right now. I'm not surprised at all. Mm -hmm. What happens when you shut down foot traffic? Right. So my gosh, I don't want to get off on this tangent, but you know, um, yeah, that's not good for me. We were in a very happy, positive place. Uh, I, I am very dismayed by two things. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw this at you because I think this is a bigger conversation. Yeah. I'm dismayed by two things. I'm dismayed by the amount of leaders in this country, political and health leaders, that are shaping public policy, that are wrecking people's lives, the economy, because of fear, not facts. And that's what we're seeing right now. We're seeing the models that we've all made these nutty decisions on, and all of a sudden it's not as bad. It doesn't take away that this is a real health thing. However, um, I'm seeing fear-based leadership, not fact, factual-based leadership. And then the other thing that's troubling to me is how many American people are just fine to sit home and watch their own jobs disappear and millions of other people's jobs disappear. Just sit there and take it. Okay, well, they told me I need to stay at home. Really concerned about that. I think we've got we've got to be we've got to be mindful, and I don't see mindful leadership, and I don't see a mindful citizenry, not mm -hmm. across the board. Yeah, I know you didn't ask me about that, but I'm just going to keep it real today. That's okay. I that that's what I want, Ken. I, I want you just to be you. I know again, you speak to thousands of people, and I just wanted this time together to be real be raw and real and truthful for people out there where they can see something out there that's real. And that I know about you and other leaders there where you work at Ramsey Solutions. And that's, that's why we have you today. So I appreciate that. Um, I just have a couple of more questions. I want to honor your time. And, and um, for the single moms um, or the, you know, the, the high school kids that are, are graduating or the new graduates from college you know, during this time, I mean, you and I both know this is a season that at some point this will end and things will be changed and they'll look a little bit different. Uh, but we're all going to have to do the proximity principle. We're going to have to go through those steps 
uh, to find that dream job or dream work. But a question for you, there, there's some people out there, they're losing their job and, and all that. And they're wondering, you know, the step that you mentioned about getting education, getting information, getting education, going back to school or, or doing some other type of education. Would you mind speaking to that just briefly, maybe give, give some people out there some ideas that maybe can't afford to go back to a four-year school? What kind of ideas could you give them? Well, the first thing I want people to do is, is to actually do the research and find out, do I have to have a degree to be able to get in the door? Because 50, 60, 75 years ago, when higher education became a thing, it was a very different thing in our world. It was this new, oh, this is higher education, give more education. And so all of a sudden, in the American society, uh, the college degree basically was the, was the, was the was like the uh, uh, kind of the cream delay of line of demarcation, right? Uh, go, yeah. So it was like, okay, if you don't have a college degree, you're a loser. That's not what anybody said, but essentially that's what it became, right? Mm -hmm. So, well, if you can get to higher education, you're a higher, you're, you're more qualified, you're going to be more successful. That's exactly what happened. It's like, well, go to college, go to college, go to college. And so you had generations and generations, you know, now of of parents that are feeling this pressure that they felt as kids to push their kids into college so that they can be as successful as possible. But all of a sudden our economy has, has, has shifted pretty dramatically and we are in a completely new economy. And because of technology, the economy will continue to evolve. And, and we are seeing more and more that there are plenty of really, really uh, well-paid careers and industries that do not require a college degree. So the first thing is, do you need a college degree? Or is this just something that you feel pressured on? Because mm. if you don't need a college degree to get entry point, I'm going to tell you, why in the world would you go to college? Now, I got some friends who can't stand that position. My best friend, Bill, thinks that that is a ludicrous position. He thinks, well, you as a kid, you just need that rite of passage in four years. And kind of, well, you know, I'm not against it. Again, I had a good college experience. Right. What I'm saying is you don't need it. And if you don't need it, so you're doing the research and you realize, oh, I don't actually need it, then why do it? To me, it's a, it's a colossal waste of time. I'm about getting after it, man. Right. So what? So that's the first thing I'd say is, do you need it? Because if it's not required, well, it's then, then it's not required. So start looking at, well, what is required? And to the extent that you can get in the workforce and get experience earlier than waiting four years, it's better for you. You're gonna, a, you're going to make more money in the short term and the long term. You're gonna get more experience in the short term and the long term. I can't see anything wrong with that, so I'd start there. And then, and then if, if in fact, you know, that school is part of the deal, you gotta do it, it's the price of admission, then, you know, again, you know, we teach at Ramsey Solutions, you're doing everything you can to cash flow your way through it. Um, name brand schools don't make a hill of beans difference. I, I, I don't remember the last time I went to the doctor, but when I went in, I know I didn't ask the doctor to bring the diploma in on the frame and let me check it out and then Google it and do some homework on it, rate the college. No, I just said, hey, doc, my throat hurts. Help me. And, and, and so you have to have the mindset of if that's what it takes, then what really matters is that I get the qualification that I need. And I need to do what's best for me, not what's best for my reputation. Big mm -hmm. difference. Because the reputation is concocted up here where most people don't care where you went to school. They just want to know, can you help me win? Right. And so if you're the single mom or you're the, the, the student coming out of high school or college and you're going, 
how do I get qualified? What's the basic way to get qualified? Do your homework and figure out the multiple ways to get qualified. If there are multiple ways, what's the easiest, the most efficient for you? And then it's less about your degree. It's less about your education. What really matters is who you know, mm. not what you know. That's good. That's good. Um, well, Ken, I, I really appreciate your time and I appreciate you taking time to answer each of these questions deeply because I think people need to hear that right now. And, and uh, I just want to thank you for that time. Um, as we kind of round this up, uh, what uh, are some of the best ways for people to stay in touch with you? And uh, what I mean by that, you know, on your show or on Facebook or Instagram or, or wherever else, what's the best place for people to be able to get more information like this and to be able to follow you? KenColeman.com is the best way because it includes everything. It's got all of the social media accounts right there on the page. It's got all of our free resources from articles to our three get hired guides, which is helping you reshape your resume. It's got a template preparing you to win the interview and then showing you how to follow up. Then we have our should I quit my job quiz, which is going crazy. It's a three minute quiz. It takes uh, It's about 20 questions, three minutes. It's going to spit out a report for you so that you really see, should I, in fact, quit my job? It's just an example of some of the resources. It has all the connections to the show. If you go to KenColeman.com and click on show, it's got our YouTube shows. It's got podcasts, shows you where we're at on SiriusXM, where we are around the country. So KenColeman.com. And then we've got a robust community at, at, uh, in, on Instagram. Uh, so I'd love for you to jump on over there at Ken Coleman. We go live a lot where people can dive right in there with me and ask questions right there on Instagram. That's awesome. Guys out there that are listening and you're watching this today, remember what Ken said, that that you just got to do your research. Whatever stage you're in in looking for work or whatever stage you're in in this situation, get clear first, guys. Know where you're going. Get all of that information. And Ken and what he teaches and all the resources that he have, it's a good place to start. I know there's a lot of resources out there. Uh, you can trust this guy. He's a good man. I appreciate your time, Ken. Thank you so much uh, for being with us today. Thanks, man. I enjoyed it. All right. I appreciate you.